Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. Today, we welcome Aaron Dignan to the podcast. Aaron is the founder of The Ready, a design firm that works with Fortune 100 leadership teams to help their organization succeed in a world where digital forces are disrupting decades of tradition. Aaron also co-founded the digital strategy firm Undercurrent, working with high-profile clients such as GE, Disney, and HBO. His upcoming book, The Responsive Organization, will focus on the complexity of the 21st century and will be our main topic today. Aaron will also be the keynote speaker at the Engage East show in New York City in May. Aaron, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Sounds good. Uh, Let's get right into it here. Um, I guess the main topic that you're going to be talking about in May is about uh, Generation Y business leaders. So let me ask you, how are they changing traditional models? Well, I think people that have grown up in a world surrounded by technology and surrounded by, you know, just increasing opportunity are pretty skeptical about the way things have been done in the past. And so I think they're taking the opportunity to sort of rewrite the rules and rewrite the operating system of the way their business works using those tools, but also using new values about what they think is important and and how they'd like to treat people and be treated and ultimately what they think it takes to go fast enough to succeed in this market. What would you say some of the new values are? I mean, I think one of the big ones is sort of this move from privacy to transparency. So just access to data, access to information, you know, extreme honesty, radical candor, you know, all hands meetings where they really share what's going on, you know, that they maybe uh, information that would have typically been reserved for investors only. I think that's one big shift that we're seeing. Um, Another one is just sort of moving away from design for efficiency and really towards design for adaptivity. So how do we make sure that we can be flexible, that we can change, that we can iterate and learn as an organization rather than, you know, how far down can we drive the cost to make a box of cornflakes? <laughs> so I think there's a lot of, of sort of, you know, of reinvention in terms of how do we never stay static that goes on. So that's a pretty important value set. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it all boils down to, you know, operating in uncertainty, which is, which is what you mentioned in the intro. If you believe that the world is changing really quickly, that it's a complex system that's interconnected and that the future is not something you can predict or control, then you're going to operate very, very differently than someone who believes that they can predict and control that future. So that's everything from quarterly earnings reports to strategy. And, uh, you know, the metaphor I often use in speeches is, you know, the, the way you would operate in a, in a brightly lit room trying to find something versus how you'd operate in a completely dark room trying to find something. And the nature of that operation, you know, much smaller movements, more communication, reaching around, feeling, sensing, you know, those are more the right kind of analogies and metaphors for, for the world we work in now. So we see that in, in that next generation. In your experience is with, you know, helping these companies, Typically, how willing has management been to adapt? I mean, I think there's a, there's a strong awareness that it's needed, right? So we don't get pushback like we got five or ten years ago that, you know, we don't need to, to work in a new way. I think everyone has come to that realization. But then the question becomes, well, you know, what do I have to do? What behaviors have to change? 
And there, you know, we're confronted with sort of, uh, you know, our true selves, right? So I can say that I know that diet and exercise works, but that's very different from getting up at 6 a.m. and hitting the gym every day. And so in many cases, we just run into those habits, those muscle memories, those antibodies to change that people have and that that they're well aware of in some cases, but just have to push through. And that's why coaching is such an important part of our practice and such an important part of of the change process. Let me uh, ask you, uh, first of all, I want to tell you that I like the Ready. I was on there uh, doing research, and I, I think it's a pretty cool uh, of site. Um, let me ask Thanks. you a question that I, that I read on there. What's one thing that people are not talking about in regards to how to make these organizations better? I mean, I think, interestingly, the, the dominant narrative is, you know, we have the wrong people, our people are averse to change, our people have change fatigue, you know, all these sorts of things. And, and in my experience, the more work that I do in the space, the more I realize that, you know, people are chameleons and they reflect the context you put them in. So if somebody spends 20 years working in an environment that is, command and control that incentivizes people to perform, that does individual ratings and reviews, that, you know, makes you stack rank your your colleagues based on how good you think they are. It's not surprising that they then reflect, you know, a lot of those values. And then sometimes when you talk to a leader, they'll say, oh, well, our people here are very competitive, you know, very competitive. And in reality, it's like maybe they are, but maybe they're just reflecting the environment and the context that, that they've been asked to operate in over the years. And so we've been, you know, pleasantly surprised that when you strip away some of that and you give people kind of a green field to operate in in the form of a new team or a new, you know, business unit where the rules are different, people really do come out of their shells and they do change right before your eyes because the truth is we're a lot more flexible than we're given credit for. So I think that's something that we probably don't talk about enough is just the impact of the context on how people present and then how we sort of assume that that's who they really are. Well, I think uh, that's a good segue to my last question for you. Which superhero did you dress up as for 180 straight days of first grade? <laughs> yeah, so you found out about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I was Batman. Ah. I was Batman for 180 days of the first grade, and it was, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, so my mother had paper ears that she pinned into my hair, <laughs> and I had a pillowcase cape that I wore, uh, and the teachers were very concerned about my mental health. <laughs> and my mother, you know, God bless her, was just like, you know what, he's his own, he's his own guy, and you just got to let him kind of play through on this one. And so they, they let me do it till it wore out. But I think um, that's definitely sort of molded who I've become. This had to be public school, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Aaron, uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I'm sure everybody will be excited to uh, hear what you have to say in New York City in May. Yeah, likewise. Looking forward to it. See you then. This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.